What if it's this whole funnel where the thumbnail sparks curiosity enough to get you to read the title Mm -hmm. and then together they spark enough curiosity and and motivation to get you to click the video. Right. And then the intro of the video sparks enough curiosity to get you to keep watching. Yes. And then some side story midway through the video gets you to keep watching that. And then you add curiosity at the outro so they watch your next video. Like it's a whole process and it's the same thing for each step. But I think we're lumping that step together so often and we shouldn't. Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. Today we're talking about titles for your YouTube videos. This is like the biggest little thing. It's in theory very quick, mm-hmm. but there's an endless amount of thought that could be put into it. And also it's easy to get in the habit of just putting down the first thing that sounds decent. And so navigating how much effort to put into it, the strategy behind it. We want to talk about tools Matching your title with your thumbnail. Let's start with that. Yeah. What do you think kind of the principles are around a title that pairs really well with a thumbnail? Well, I guess, first of all, why do does it seem like in the creator space, I hear about 95% about thumbnails and like 5% about titles. It yeah. feels like, like you said, it's like the biggest little thing. It's something that it almost feels overlooked a lot of times. You know, the thumbnail is the eye-catching piece, and I get that. However, the 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 title should tie in. There should be a lot of thought and I guess strategy that goes into figuring out what the title is. So to answer your question, like how do I think the two should connect? It feels like I've seen a couple different things work. I guess there's probably not one perfect title and thumbnail pairing, but oftentimes, you know, you'll see the, the thumbnail photo being descriptive of something, something that, Um, should catch somebody's eye within like a second. A lot of people talk about the blink test, right? It's just like, I look at it and I look away. What did I get from it? What's the, what story is it telling me? You know, what questions do I have? What sort of curiosity for a lot of people watching or looking at YouTube, they look at the thumbnail, you know, they, they have curiosity and then they immediately, for me anyway, I go immediately to the title to maybe get a little bit more of an answer or to like fill in some of the gaps that are left from the thumbnail. So I think ideally the thumbnail and the title, they're complementary, but not totally overlapping in most cases. Maybe a little bit of overlap, but not total overlap. Although I have to say there are some large channels that I'm aware of that have significant title overlap with the thumbnail, uh, meaning that some of the text in the title or all of the text in the title is up on the thumbnail. So anyway, I think that the, the to me that's ideal would just be very complementary um, help filling in some of those curiosity gaps, or maybe it is expanding the curiosity gap. It's like, I looked at the thumbnail. I'm really curious. I'm interested to know what's going on. Okay. I just looked at the title. Now I'm even more curious to know what's going on. So to me, that's ideal. It's kind of like the thumbnail gets your attention. Your thumbnail has to get enough attention that their eyes stop scanning. Their eyes stop for a second, but that doesn't seem to be the decision point. It factors into the decision point, but I think 90% probably more of viewers on YouTube read a title before they decide to click on the video. Mm -hmm. And so the decision point really happens once they read the title and consider both of them. Right. Whereas 
the thumbnail really has to get your eyes to stop. So it's almost like, I think it's possible to put too much emphasis on the thumbnail, not too much emphasis on thumbnail, but too much emphasis on the decision factor with the thumbnail. Like, oh, if they see this, will they want to watch the video? If they see this, well, first you got to get their eyes to stop scrolling. Right. With the title though, it's almost all about getting them to make that decision because it's not much of a factor with their eyes scrolling unless maybe it's a really short standout mm-hmm. title. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, there are some things that I've seen people do in their titles. Like you said, something really short. Uh, some people like use emojis or yeah. they'll like uh, capitalize an entire word or uh, different things. There are different things like that that are scroll stoppers, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that's really the primary uh, reason for the title. I like what you said. Like the thumbnail is like the billboard for yeah. your video. And then the title is what, you know, I don't know, like you said, it's the thing that really makes you decide, am I going to watch this or not? You know, if, if I loved the thumbnail about, well, let's say a specific creator, maybe I had Mr. Beast on it. It's like, okay, I like generally like content with Mr. Beast on it. I'm interested to see like what the video is. I look at the title. Is it an interview with him? Is it a documentary about his life? Is it an exposed video about all the scandals that he's been a part of? Like the title is a lot of times what really solidifies that type of information that I might've got, but that was maybe hinted at in the thumbnail. Yeah, absolutely. And so combining the two, there's some argument about if you want your words in the title to overlap with words in the thumbnail. And I don't think it's a hard and fast rule. I think most brand new YouTubers do that way too much. Yeah, They kind of put all of the words in both of them and that's usually not good unless it's pretty strategic. That being said, because they kind of serve different purposes, one's to stop your eyes from scrolling, and then the other is for that decision point. Of course, the thumbnail plays in the decision point too. There's an argument to be made that it could be worth it to put maybe one of the words that's in the title in the thumbnail as well. Yeah. But what do you think are other other ways to make sure they match up well and complement each other, they fuel each other? Um, well, I, I, to me, I think just think of the different channel types. So if I have a channel that's entertaining, like, you know, kind of a, I'm doing challenges or that sort of thing. Yeah. When I think about a thumbnail for that type of video, you know, usually you're trying to highlight something in the challenge or, you know, kind of, I don't, it's the attention grabbing piece. And so when I think of the, the title, Uh, to me there's kind of two ways maybe and i'm sure there's more than two but at least two ways to go with it it's like i'm either going to give a little bit more of an explanation of what's happening in the thumbnail or i'm totally going to make you just like way more curious by being vague in the title yeah i don't know if that makes a lot of sense i don't know again like even you mentioned sometimes newer youtubers will tend to um, put a lot of their text up in the thumbnail yeah and i've always been really curious about like why does that work still because sometimes those videos still get big views and i guess my conclusion has always been that that works because it's essentially like they're skipping the title it's like their video worked even without their title being good just because there was enough text in the thumbnail that i don't know does that make any sense like i don't know i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that too not to like dive away from your question, but that's something that you mentioned that I'm very curious about because a lot of new new YouTubers really struggle figuring out what that balance is. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people find that there doesn't need to be that much of a balance. And I kind of wonder why those videos still work. And if they still work, is title even impor- as important as we think it is? 
Right. I don't know. It's really hard to find out. Yeah. Is that just the video did well anyways? Right. The causation yeah, versus kind of correlation. Dis- despite that you had a terrible thumbnail and title. Right. Or was it that you gave enough information with all the text on the screen? I don't know. It's just a very interesting conversation to be had. Yeah. I like to look at the biggest channels mm-hmm. and not, not only like the top three channels because like you said, then we're in just one topic. Like the right. top three channels are like, probably Mr. Beast and Ryan Trahan, some of the kids' right. channels. But then that's too narrow. Like you're just mm-hmm. looking at that one type of content. But I like to look at the top channels in as many different types of content as possible. But even so, I'm surprised by how many of them just don't have much text. Numbers are not super uncommon, or maybe they'll have like two words, like one word on each side, kind of comparing something, you know, maybe pros, cons. But I don't know. A lot of it is just no text at all or one or two words. So I, I don't really see an argument for ever repeating more than one or two words that's in your title. A complete overlap. I think those videos just kind of got lucky or the topic's interesting enough and maybe the video's good enough with watch time that it's doing well despite that. But that's not what these big channels are doing. They are showing it. And it's a little tricky because you have this show don't tell ideal with thumbnails, but it depends on your skill level a lot. And when you're a newer YouTuber, you only have so much time. You probably don't have a team. You likely don't have Photoshop skills. And you're trying to put a lot of your time into making a great video that gets good watch time. And there's so much that goes into it. And the title is, I'm sorry, the title and thumbnail are very, very important. I'm getting a little derailed on thumbnails <laughs> here, but but you can only do so much. Right. And so, I don't know, if your thumbnail's not amazingly eye-catching, Maybe it is better to have more text and explain mm-hmm. more in the text than you you're showing. You know, if you can't make some object really stand out and look amazing, maybe you kind of have to rely on more right. text, even right. though that's not what the pros are doing. Yeah. Okay. So I just I'm on YouTube on the home page here. Yeah. So there's a, a title and a thumbnail combo that I want to talk about. Okay. So the thumbnail shows an old style fat TV with Netflix on the screen. Gotcha. And there's text that says it will get worse. Okay. First off, you know, four words there. That's a fair amount of text on a thumbnail, especially given the amount it takes up about half the thumbnail. Mm -hmm. So, but that is very, to me marketed. It will get worse. Well, what will get worse? I'm not just going to click on that video just because it says it will get worse. All that, you know, the other image there is just a TV with the word Netflix on it. So is this about Netflix? Is this about like, what is this video about? So I guess, don't worry, this is all going to make sense. So, okay. Now the title is why streaming is becoming cable again. So the title in this case really helped me understand what I'm going to get from the video. Yeah. So the thumbnail stopped the scroll. It will get worse. Well, what's going to get worse? I, okay. So I stopped my scroll because I, I now initially have that question. What's going to get worse. I go to the title and it gives me somewhat of an answer. Why streaming is becoming cable again. So tying that in with the other, with the text, it will get worse. I'm thinking, okay, something about cable is bad and streaming is going downhill or something. So now I'm really curious to know what does this person have to say? It's like, I don't know. It's just like two pieces of a puzzle. It's a very different thing. They're two very different, but they go pretty well together. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense with what we were saying before. It's almost like this funnel of, you know, people think about how the title and the thumbnail sparks curiosity that causes people to 
click the video. Right. But what if it's this whole funnel where the the thumbnail sparks curiosity enough to get you to read the title mm-hmm. and then together they spark enough curiosity and, and motivation to get you to right. click the video. Right. And then the intro of the video sparks enough curiosity to get you to keep watching. Yes. And then some side story midway through the video gets you to keep watching that. And then you add curiosity at the outro so they watch your next video. Like it's a whole process and it's yeah. the same thing yeah. for each step. But I think we're lumping that step together I so often right. and we shouldn't. We should look at it as your maybe your thumbnail. Yeah, it gets gets them curious enough to read the title, which mm-hmm. this is so hard to remember when you are making your own title and thumbnail. We expect way too much of the audience. Yeah. We expect like, oh, they're going to stare at this for three minutes like I am and they're going to pick up on this weird analogy I'm making. Right. And I mean, if you're saying it out loud, it sounds silly. Everybody knows that's not true, but that's what the thought pattern mm-hmm. we fall into. Mm-hmm. We've been staring at it for 20 minutes. Right. And so we think that they're going to stare at it for a couple. They're not. Right. Yeah. So I, I really like that idea. And I, not every thumbnail is working because it's doing that exact sequence, mm-hmm. um, especially not necessarily with words, but I think it is. Yeah. It's building curiosity and then, and then adding to that title so that you understand more, but not too much. Right. And that's a tricky place too. Yeah, it is tricky. Here's another thumbnail that is very similar. I I think you're right. I think that sequence is key. Um, So the thumbnail here is someone holding a phone. Mm -hmm. I honestly can't even tell what's on the phone. And Uh I'm even looking on a desktop. I still can't tell what's on the phone. Hmm. An explosion, it looks like. Cool. A distraught person and then text saying this is evil. So immediately my eyes were drawn to this photo on or this image on the phone. It looks like an explosion of some sort. Okay, this is evil is the text. Well, what's evil? Uh, immediately, I'm looking down to the title. Like, I think it's just second nature at this point to be scrolling on YouTube or social media to see the image and then go, okay, how am I going to get my next question answered? And I think that the title in this one, in this case, does a really good job. The Hidden Cost of Doom Scrolling is mm. the title. So the text and the image on the thumbnail depicts kind of this distraught person, something about something being evil. Okay, well, I'm curious. Okay. We're talking about doom scrolling, you know, we're talking about being on your phone. I just think that I I think that you're right. I haven't ever really thought of it that way uh, in the context of that sequence, but I think you're really right because it's, it doesn't have to necessarily be the text in the thumbnail linking to the text in the title. It's more just like the whole package taking people from like step one, looking at the thumbnail, being intrigued, step two, looking at the title, hopefully to get a little more context or to have a question answered or something like that. I really, really like that. And then you're right. Once they click, the funnel kind of continues. Yeah. Like every second of the video counts to keep them as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I want to mention an exception just because it's weird. We'll make a video about this sometime. But I am a big believer in simple thumbnails. Most YouTubers are. It's a little bit um, maybe overstated in some ways. But I think still most people need to err on the side of being simpler than they currently are. But yesterday I saw this video And it stopped my scrolling and I was just not even from like a research perspective. I was just on YouTube and I stopped and I like read for minutes, just like I was joking about, but I actually did maybe not minutes, but probably 30 seconds. It almost looked like one of those colored pencil drawings, but clearly digital, Mm -hmm. but it had like three colorful columns with like people sitting on top of them. And then one said like Gen Z, Gen X, boomers, uh, the greatest generation. And then each of them had talk bubbles. And I was like, so curious that I was actually reading each of these tiny little talk bubbles, like way too many words right? 
for what I would expect. You know, you shouldn't usually use that many words, but sometimes it works. And I just don't know if it's worth the risk because every once in a while, or I've seen like those scammer, scammer catcher videos. Yes. Where they'll put like kind of a full blown email conversation on the thumbnail and that stops you too, but it's kind of rare. And so I don't know how we know ahead of time if we're overestimating the amount of time the audience will spend or if we're making it sort of complex and intriguing enough that they will stop and look closer. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. One question as you were talking that arose for me was what was the intended audience for the thumbnail? And what was the, what audience did you intend when you were making the the title and thumbnail? And here's Mm. why I say that. I think a lot of times, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later on. There are, for me, it in any way, it makes sense. Like my core audience may like a specific title or thumbnail. And maybe I have a pretty good idea of my core audience and what they are more likely to click on. And I wonder if sometimes like in that example, you just shared that it kind of worked, but it felt like an exception. I kind of wonder if maybe inadvertently, but it still happened. Someone made a, a thumbnail and title that really worked for their audience and it happened to work so well and YouTube pushed it out and it kind of worked in spite of not being the perfect case just because it worked well enough with the core audience before it got pushed out or it happened to test with an audience that it worked really well with. And then it happened to show up on your feed, you know, like makes sense. I I don't know. It just kind of makes me wonder because there are some thumbnails or titles, especially combos where I'm like, that was not great, but it worked, you know? (laughs) And I think there's also this whole element of sometimes it's just standing out. Like Mm. you said, sometimes it's just a short title like one word or two words. And it's like, oh, I'm really curious about that just because all the other titles on YouTube are usually five or 10 words, you know, like it just like, it just gets people's attention in different ways. And so like you said, I would say that's more of an exception than a rule. I think Uh, so too. But sometimes it works despite or in spite of being, you know, imperfect. Right. The colors probably caught my eye first. And then the couple texts of the, the Gen X, Gen Y. And I think maybe I was less likely to click on the video once I read the talk bubbles because then I got too much information. And that's a pet peeve of mine kind of that happens a lot on YouTube where most people know that they should have some level of intrigue with their title and thumbnail, but people still get it wrong so often. We probably do too, Mm -hmm. where they will ask a question. Whoopsie, put my microphone. Ask a question or spark curiosity but it's too obvious what the answer is. Right. I don't know. For example, like if you have AI and YouTube and like, is AI the end of YouTube? Well, I know what they're going to say. Right. I mean, I don't know exactly what they're going to say, but I'm not really confused. I'm not right. like, oh, is it? Right. I know. I know they're going to say it's not. I know it's not. Yeah. When there's so, there's so many examples of that where, yeah, they're asking a question. They're trying to spark intrigue, but it's too obvious. Mm-hmm. Almost like a, a Disney movie where the prince and the princess hate each other at first. Like, right. Like, we know okay. what's coming. <laughs> like every Hallmark movie ever. Yes, exactly. Like, do you expect me to be excited about this? I'm not <laughs> hating on Hallmark movies. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Sometimes it's just like, okay, yes, you did the thing, but so did 10,000 other people. And right. so I just, as a YouTube user, I know what you're doing. Right. That's a That's a really interesting one because it does seem like, there are kind of these core trends, I guess, around thumbnail styles or title styles. And people end up doing some very similar types or styles. And then as a viewer on YouTube, you kind of get 
used to certain things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that style doesn't stop the scroll like it used to. Right. And, you know, that's kind of more mainstream YouTube type stuff. But it, def- it definitely happens where one thing starts working really well. You know, like this more, like no text on the screen or on the thumbnail. And then a very... Uh, explanatory title or whatever like yeah that's something that might be working really well right now but if everyone starts doing it it doesn't stop the scroll like it used to or people know what's going on and yeah i don't know like over time i think that there's definitely this changing of things generally on youtube of how thing how it works yeah um but i think some of the core principles we've talked about definitely still stay the same i'd love to make a video sometimes analyzing how thumbnails and titles have changed over mm-hmm. the years on youtube I mean, you know, some principles, but I'd, I'd like to analyze it more in depth and look for patterns. And yeah, you have to find the balance between, like you said, stopping the scroll. You have to stand out right. somewhat to stop the scroll, but you also kind of want to emulate what's working well. If you go too far the other way, you're going to have bad content. Very good point. <laughs> uh, really quick, let's talk about, is it worth it to change your titles after you've published? I would say yes. In some cases, it would probably make sense. Um, I guess my first thought here is again, kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier. I think that as you cultivate your audience, you get an idea of what they like. Mm -hmm. And from what we know about the YouTube algorithm, YouTube will initially show your video to those people who are following you. Like they've subscribed or, you know, they watch your videos, that sort of thing. You know, if that's audience number one, we'll call them. And we know YouTube is going to show your videos to them and you have an idea of what they like, then yeah, I would say your thumbnail and title is going to be somewhat crafted or you should be at least thinking about what they like because those are the first people who are going to see your video. But I think sometimes in the more long run, maybe the the title that you used had some sort of inside joke in it or mm-hmm. maybe that's for the thumbnail as well that won't quite land with a larger audience. So I kind of wonder if at that point, maybe after like the first two days of the video or three days, maybe if the video is just not seeming to spread as well, um, if you could change the title. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Right. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we plan to do that. We plan an initial published title and a future published title. So, I mean, yes, if the video is doing really well, maybe we wouldn't change it. But we're not just saying, well, we'll change it if we have to, if it doesn't do well. We're kind of planning that we think this title will do better with our core audience. We'll get more of our current subscribers and regular viewers to watch it. And then this other title will be better for broad appeal in getting new subscribers and new viewers. It's helpful as long as you don't confuse the algorithm. Yes. I think that's really the thing to consider there because especially if you have a bigger channel, like let's say you have a hundred thousand subscribers, you want YouTube to look for more people like the ones that watched it. Yes. I don't think YouTube just says, oh, that's a sub- one of your subscribers and this isn't. I think they're still analyzing the demographics of which of your subscribers. Good point. So let's say your lifestyle and your, you know, you're kind of catered towards moms, but other women like watching your channel too that aren't moms. And you have a video that's kind of more specifically about motherhood. So, so maybe 30% of your audience isn't interested. Right. Well, if you kind of trick them too much in the title, then the initial title, and then a lot of your non-mom audience watches it or clicks on it, then I think it confuses the algorithm a little bit. 
you want the algorithm to know who else to look for. Mm-hmm. And I think it's segmenting your audience. So you want the algorithm to know, to, to suggest it to more new people that are like this part of your audience. Right. So it's a little dangerous in that way, but I think it can be worth it. Yeah. I wouldn't say do it every time. Yeah. No. I, it would really be on more of a case by case basis. I don't think it's super common for us to do this. You know, we'll do a, you know, a couple versions of a thumbnail, especially now with the, thumbnail abc tester mm-hmm. like which is i'm so excited about that we uh, have the beta version we're gonna fill it's you pretty in awesome soon. yeah uh, anyway with that like okay maybe there's a couple versions of thumbnails youtube is kind of prepared to handle that um but right now with titles we don't really have that sort of option and i agree like just because the video is not doing exactly what you want i wouldn't go in and just start changing things like crazy yeah. um, i do see people doing that maybe it works for them but i think you're right the algorithm is pretty smart. I think it generally has a pretty good idea of who to show your video to. And I think if we just let it do its job, it should find the audience that your video was made for. Yeah. So right now we have the beta version and there's no guarantees at all. Like on how this is going to look in the end for everybody because it's beta. So, you know, we can share how it's working for us, but it could be a totally different tool by the time it actually releases to everybody but we have the beta version of a b testing and they actually have a third option so it's abc testing on thumbnails it's amazing we're really enjoying it um we're gonna do a full episode about it soon and we're really hoping that maybe they release a b testing for thumbnails i don't know if that's something youtube would do you mean for titles sorry for titles (laughs) yes i've Um, been doing that all day (laughs) It feels like, but honestly, like we talk so much about thumbnails. I think it's just like second nature to say thumbnail all the time. And I think there is, I think that that, like you said, we lump in titles and thumbnails together. Oftentimes we talk about thumbnails and then we really forget the the added value of the title. Mm -hmm. Anyway, side note there. Different strategy of the title. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to do the A-B testing with the thumbnails I didn't even think about an A-B tester for titles mm-hmm. until basically the second we got the A-B tester for thumbnails. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, we need this for titles. Oh, yeah. I hope they make this someday for titles. Yeah. And maybe it works as like the same tool. Maybe it doesn't have to be a separate tool because mm-hmm. ultimately they do kind of go out together. I agree with that. So I was very similar. I, when we were at Vid Summit 2023, Renee Richie, the YouTube liaison, was talking and kind of shared some of the potential that the thumbnail ab tester had and it was at that point i did the same thing i went okay that's really cool we've been waiting for this for a long time what about titles it feels like like it's like you know peanut butter and jam like they got to go together you know and so i agree it feels like it could be one tool potentially especially because when we're we're uploading three thumbnails to this tool you know you automatically have the desire to pair them with different titles it's like well I want to try this thumbnail too, but I know this thumbnail needs a different title. Right. It's tricky. It is tricky. It almost feels like there could be like maybe the three thumbnail options and then you have the three title options, but you have like, there's some titles and thumbnails that just clearly wouldn't go together. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you could just do like check boxes, like yes, che- like yes, test this pair. Yes, test this pair. Oh. No, don't test this pair. Obviously I don't think, you know, cause sometimes it just really won't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like if that was all kind of consolidated in one, into one tool, that would be really cool. I mean, I love the idea of just letting YouTube, you know, make random, you know, you know this thumbnail and this title here. But I think it would just be less valuable because since some titles and thumbnails just wouldn't work together. Yeah. 
Yeah. So until then, we have some other tools that are helpful. Maybe not that awesome, but ChatGPT, yeah. um, VidIQ has had their AI title generator since before ChatGPT blew up. And it's pretty good. I I think it's cool that they are the first ones to it. I haven't noticed a big difference in that mm-hmm. one versus ChatGPT. I haven't played around with it a ton. But let's talk about some of the strategies we like to use when we're using ChatGPT to help us come up with the title ideas. Yeah. Well, for me, when I'm thinking about title ideas, usually, ideally, I guess, mm-hmm. I you know have this concept, like maybe a thumbnail concept that I'm like, oh, that, would, that could be a cool video if we could use this thumbnail concept. And then, you know, a title to link in with that thumbnail would be great. And so a lot of times I'll maybe just prompt ChatGPT and say, hey, I want, you know, give me a YouTube title. I keep it in with, you know, this specified number of characters. I wanted to highlight this element and that element, make it sound, you know, either exciting or mysterious, like kind of prompt it, like the feeling of the text, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I I've like def- that idea. Definitely it, as yeah. I have used it more and more, like my prompts end up getting a little more and more specific. Mm-hmm. Just because it feels like if you don't prompt it, it won't give you any. It like it does pretty good at t- taking the directions that you give it, but it's not quite to the point where you could just say, "Make me a great thumbnail about X," and then it right. So yeah. it'll anyway, too generic. Yeah. yeah, they end up being too generic. So I like to start there, and maybe I'll ask for ten or twenty different variations, and it'll spit them out. And usually, I don't like most of them, um, but what I like to do is I just like to take parts and pieces from those 20 or whatever or if it didn't quite get it right you know prompt it again and say okay i like this but add this or take away that yeah fewer words or and it's really just this process of getting it close to what i think it might be Um, and usually i'll be able to get one or two title variations from that list of 10 or 20 then i think what i like to do is do it again Mm -hmm. but try and get something completely different it is it does feel really hard to prompt something a specific way you know ask for a specific thing and then get a totally different result a second time it seems like once you prompt it one time it seems to kind of spit out very similar Mm -hmm. things but i like to try and just think like see if i could get something way outside of the box of what i was kind of currently thinking that's smart i have not tried that because I think I definitely get attached to what I'm mm-hmm. working on. Even if it's not amazing, I kind of mm-hmm. just feel locked in maybe. Right. So like I'll prompt it, maybe get 10, 15 ideas and then maybe pick my favorite or combine two to make my favorite. Yeah. Put it back in and say, give me more like this. Oh. So then okay. I get 10 more that are similar to that right. best one, but slightly different, maybe slightly different wording, but then I'm completely attached to that. And so right. I really like that idea of trying to get a few that are just totally different from each other. Yeah. It seems like when we aren't using tools to come up with titles, it feels like we'll kind of do that. We kind of get on this path of something that we think is the right thing. And then someone, someone will throw out kind of a very left field, Cody, a left <laughs> field, you know, type of idea. And it's like, Oh, I think a variation of that could work really well. It's mm-hmm. very different than what we had initially planned, but why not give it a try? Yeah. So Especially anyway, with yeah. ABC testers. Yes. It's yes. so nice because sometimes you don't know, especially when they're yes. too different. Like comparing apples to apples is a lot easier. Like if you see a green background and a blue background, I think usually it's pretty easy to figure out which one looks better. Mm-hmm. Especially if you ask a couple of people, everyone likes the blue, like mm, that's probably the popular opinion. But if something's wildly different, like you right. don't know how the audience is going to take that or, or interpret it. So much yeah. more variability. So it's amazing to probably to do that with ABC testers 
And while we're waiting for them to get in the habit of, of learning these prompts and even using our own creativity to come up with vastly different ideas. Yeah. And then we can put them all up against each other. So we'll talk more about that ABC tester probably in the next episode or two. Yeah. Files. Yeah. We have some stuff We're we're definitely doing a lot of testing with it right now. Yeah. It has been really interesting to see some of the results that it's throwing out at us. Uh, definitely some unexpected type results. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go into it too, too deep right now, but yeah, we we're definitely working on some episodes for this channel also for our channel makers channel uh we're definitely testing some things there so uh, i think that this is going to be probably a big game changer especially for those of us getting started with youtube because like you said julia there's a lot of unknown mm-hmm. um and for a lot of people yes it's a time element oh, i only have time to make one thumbnail okay well what if you did your very best and you just school you know got an extra one out there like all of a sudden now you have a chance at having something that performs way better than your first option. And you maybe just went with your first option because you didn't know whether it was good enough or not. If time isn't the only element holding you back, if you do have a couple extra minutes to throw together an extra thumbnail, even if it's not very good, it's still better to test a second one rather than just having one. Um, And so if YouTube can give us a title one as well, I would be so happy about that Yeah, uh, so that we could run those tests with titles titles are faster to come up with more variations than an entire thumbnail so true yeah true yeah really really exciting and i was surprised with our test say one little thing i was surprised by we had two in my opinion very different thumbnails on one Mm -hmm. of the tests and they were tied yeah they were tied for second but they were still tied with like 30 ish percent shocking yeah i was weird yeah so anyways it's fun and unexpected so you have no idea so Yeah, thank you for listening or watching and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys.